I know I need to size up with you. And when I defang the viper, trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere. Jeff, I already put you out. I don't even know why you're out here right now. Keep on talking. Hey, hey, do me a favor. Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting and you shut your mouth while I'm sharing it with the crew? And Mustafa, you out here, a boy among men. And I'm gonna tell you what. You got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I am Hafiz, and with me as always is Devin. Devin, how you doing? Pretty good. What's going on? Man, just uh, you're ready to talk wrestling. You know, it's been an interesting week coming off the pay-per-view. Uh, Fastlane, you know, it was uh, it was it was entertaining. It was an interesting show. We had some some a lot of a lot of change or some changes were made uh, heading into WrestleMania towards the road to WrestleMania. Um, you know, so from that standpoint, I thought it was a real interesting show. Uh, we're, we'll get into that uh, shortly. Um, but just to let our, our listeners know, uh, today we're going to be focusing mostly on the pay-per-view fast lane. And then, uh, you know, a little bit here and there, you'll, you'll get some notes, too, on what happened on Raw and SmackDown. Um, so that's basically going to be what we're covering uh, today with this show. So without further ado, we can get right on to it. Um, if you're ready, Any, anything you wanted to say before we get started, Devin? You know what, real quick, I just want to thank all the listeners and fans who's been supporting our show. I know we're small, but as we grow, I just want to put it out there, you know, so a big thank you from uh, from me and uh, Hafiz. All right, I echo those sentiments, man. Definitely, definitely. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, let's get to it. So the first match we'll talk about briefly, we'll talk about the pre-show matchup. Um, and I guess we should talk about what didn't happen at pre-show also, and that'll come up a little bit later on as we break down the United States Championship match. But um, there were two scheduled matches for pre-show, uh, Andrade versus Rey Mysterio, or Andrade Cien Almas, as I like to call him by his full name, um, and Rey Mysterio. They were supposed to have a matchup during pre-show, and yes. uh, we both voiced opinions on how we felt about that matchup in pre-show. Uh, my, my opinions were, were very strong. And I was very uh, emotional and, and passionate about adamant. how I didn't. I was adamant that it was a terrible idea to have them in the pre-show. That you know was disrespectful for what these guys have been giving us for the past couple of weeks on SmackDown. Just the, the kind of matches they've been giving us. And I guess somebody you know was 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 listening to you know my myself and many others who had the same you know, thoughts and feelings because it did not happen at pre-show, which was great. Um, you know, yeah, I talked move. to other Bravo. Great move, great move. I talked to some other people about it too, you know, and it just seemed like a similar everyone was saying the same thing that, you know, just them being on pre-show didn't really make any sense. So the fact that it didn't happen actually was kind of shocking to me because I'm watching it. I'm like, all right, so they're they're, they're not saying anything about them. Time's going, and and we're, we're only going to have room probably for one of these matches, so what's yeah. going on? And then um, we looked it up, me and my brothers, because we were watching it together. We looked up online. We're like, oh, wait a minute. You know, they switched it up. So so that was that was a, a nice little surprise to see. So 
Uh, we'll talk more about that in the because the the match that it turned into was a fatal four way for the United States Championship match, which again we'll get into later on the show. But uh, we're going to start off with the the actual only pre show match that they had, which was the New Day versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. Um, and you know, like most pre show matches, like it, it was it was interesting, it was entertaining. Um, yeah. Not much on the line though with it. It's just one of those like filler matches that they just put there to, to wet our appetites a little bit for the main card. Um, everybody involved, I felt like, did a solid job. Uh, but it is, I, I guess I should be happy that on one hand we got Andrade and Rey Mysterio out of the pre-show. But to me, <laughs> we have a Shinsuke Nakamura wrestling in pre-show. But I guess pick, I guess got to pick and choose your battles here, man. Exactly, exactly. We can't win them all, I guess. So, but that one, I'm I'm still gonna fight for Shunsuke and say that you know he definitely is deserving of more than just being on pre-show. Um, you know, with that said, you know he he and Rusev, you know they had a solid showing on the pre-show. Not really much to say about it. Um, overall, New Day uh, did take the victory. Uh, they won. They beat uh, Shunsuke and Rusev. And um, you know, I, I think just having the New Day there is kind of was a a good way to, to maybe build up what was going on with Kofi and just, you know, getting getting the fans kind of riled up a little bit more about what may or may not be happening with Kofi later on the night. Um, but, yeah, overall, solid match. Again, I don't want to really belabor too much, but it was uh, it was it was entertaining. It was an entertaining matchup and great yeah. job. by It was somewhat of a, a beginning of a story, you know, for a pay-per-view, which, you know, which I – I rarely see some storytelling throughout a pay-per-view like that. Usually, you know, it's just, you know, match, match within the, you know, the story within that match. But here it was just throughout the pay-per-view, which is not change the pace, man. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, I, I just stick to my, my general thoughts on, on where I felt about this. I mean, for, from a story perspective, I, it didn't really do much for me, to be honest with you. Um, I think that for, you know, me rooting for Kofi, you know, just having the New Day in there and trying to build up this whole story overall is interesting. Mm-hmm. But the pre-show match itself and, like, storytelling with the pre-show match, I, I, I just – I wasn't that into it. I wasn't that invested in the matchup itself to really be engaged in the story, if I'm being honest about it. Okay. All right. Well, I, I wasn't saying like in the beginning it was like it had you engaged, but I'm saying, you know, the storytelling throughout, you know, the, the pay-per-view for, for Kofi Kingston. You know, you had the beginning of, you know, he got some good news oh, about, about the WrestleMania, you know, with the pay-per-view. You, yeah. you, know, you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I, I mean, we'll get into that a little bit more right. too, but yeah, overall with Kofi, there, there was some good storytelling going on and um, – I do like that for for Kofi, you know, with him being, you know, with the company for so long, it's it's a nice touch to give him this this moment and really build up the story and you know give him a, a such a big part of of the of the pay per view and the storylines that they go, got going on right now, like the 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 weight of um, you know the the stories storytelling right now in the WWE is on Becky Lynch and Kofi Kingston. Those are the two like biggest 
stories we have going on. You know, from a fan perspective, those are the two people that we're really rooting for. And they're really and WWE from a from a story perspective was really putting a lot towards them. So I like it. I like that a lot. You know, I, I'm not gonna yeah. complain at all about, you know, Kofi getting that much attention and that that being that big a part of a story or just having throughout the night during Fast Lane, like that story being told for him, you know, I think he's well deserving, you know, and i I was I enjoyed that part of it for sure. All right, cool, man. Yeah. All right. So that'll take us to the main card. So the main card, it started off with the SmackDown Tag Team Champion Championship match, uh, the championship being defended by the Usos going against the, uh, the Miz and Shane. And um, the match itself, again, was a solid match. Uh, both teams, you know, brought it uh, very, yeah. very. I mean, the, so the Usos for me, they're the they're the top of the of the heap when it comes to tag teams like when they yeah. whenever you know i see a match with the usos i'm expecting the best you know the true best in the world if you will um sorry for the for the pun there for this <laughs> shame but um right. you know to me they are they are the best tag team in the world they're my favorite tag team in the world i'll put it that mm-hmm. way and um you know with with this like it doesn't really matter who they're in the ring with you know, they can be in there with Miz and Shane. They can be in there with the bar. They can be there with the New Day, you know, and they will always be at the top of their game. You know, and I felt that from the moment that they walked out in the arena, yeah, you can they see it. Like, they, they always have that energy. They always yeah. bring it. You know, and you always believe, okay, just looking at them, they're about to win this match because of how <laughs> hyped up they are. You know, and I just love that about them. You know, it's never, there's never like a hint of like, okay, they're getting ready to, to lose or whatever. And you can see it and they're coming out and they're not really all that enthusiastic or whatever. No, yeah. win, lose, or draw, they come out just, just hyped. You know, and I really love that about them. And this was no different. Um, yeah, and, and throughout the match, I wasn't really sure like which which way. I, the only reason why I was thinking the Usos were going to win was because I was expecting, as we talked about last week, uh, Miz and Shane somehow some way to have that team end and lead up to their WrestleMania matchup because that it, it's just been clear that that's what they're building towards. Um, but throughout the actual match, I think all parties involved did a good job of making it. Uh, seem like, okay, you know, maybe Miz and Shane are, are going to pull this out. You know, they, they, maybe they're going to, they're going to find a way, another way to have them have a matchup, or maybe they're just going to prolong this tag team pass WrestleMania. Who knows? Um, like that was just my general feeling during the matchup was I liked that even though I kind of had this gut feeling before the match during the match, I thought, okay, it's, it's a, it, it, they did it well to sell me on the idea that, Miz and Shane could potentially keep these belts. Um, so I, I enjoyed that part of it. I still don't think it's realistic for Shane to be able to to kind of dominate, you know, matches the way he does sometimes. Like anytime he gets in the ring, he'll throw the like the, the, the hands, you know, he'll throw hands with yeah, those, Jimmy those, or Jay. Yeah, those, 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 those rapid fire, rapid punches. punches. Right, right. Yeah. I see that and I don't believe it. I'm just like, okay, what's going on here? Like, right. it can take you out of it a bit. Yeah, yeah. So that that part of it, every once in a while, I just kind of winced and I didn't really care for that. But overall, I mean, it's, the Miz, you know, always does a great job, and he had one uh, move that I was really impressed by. He tried a frog splash. He, yeah, it didn't connect, but it was it was like it was amazing to see him. I don't remember him ever pulling out a move oh, like man. that in his oh, career. He, so. he was kind of wrestling out of his wheel, well, out of his wheelhouse, man. Not, you yeah. Know, not in his, out of his wheelhouse, really. Man. Out of his wheelhouse, for that's sure. kind of different, yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I, I love that about it. So um, before we get into the post-match festivities, um, what, what did you think of the match? I thought, you know what, uh, as a first match, I thought this was an exciting match to get the crowd. Uh, the Cleveland crowd was already hot, man, you know, for having their hometown favorite, the Miz. And I think he might might have got the biggest pop in his career because that, that, yeah. that crowd was just, you know, so over for the Miz. And I thought that was an awesome moment for him coming out, showing all his Cleveland, showing, representing the Browns, you know, colors, you know, those Cleveland Brown yeah. fans, faithful fans. Uh, yep. and, I, and I love that shirt. You know, he was wearing Cleveland. It's awesome with the Miz logo. I thought that yep. was a nice touch. Uh, and like I said, man, this this was an outstanding match by the Miz. Wrestling out of his wheelhouse, doing them top uh, rope moves. And, man, legit, I think the Usos are really the best tag team in today's generation, man. Yeah, I in do. Today's I do. generation, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, actually when you break it down, like – I. Like, I think I can go back as far as when that that last cluster when you had Edge and uh, the Hardys and and uh, can't even think of the Dudley Boys, man. You know, had that yeah. cluster of, of tag teams. And then all of a sudden we went through this, like, dry spell. And here we got the Usos, man, still just looking like top dogs, man. Even they – in their promos, man, they could come with that fire ending SmackDown promo, you know, calling out all competitors in the tag team. And they, and they gave us a little of a tease of the Hardys, which I wouldn't mind. Usos and Hardys for WrestleMania. Why oh, not? yeah. I, would love it. <laughs> I don't want it. like a yeah. big jumble. I don't want like a big jumble tag team match or a ladder match or something like that. You know, yeah. It's like rumored. No, I want a brother's. Versus brothers tag team match. Why not, man? I think Usos and Hardys could both tear the roof off with this one, bro. What now? Playing the little devil's advocate. What if it's CLC yeah. with like one other team thrown in there to to try to throw back to when Edge and Christian, the Dudleys and the Hardys did it all those years ago? Then you gotta have you, the bar. You take that. Then you gotta have okay. the bar. You gotta have the bar. Okay. Then yeah. You gotta throw the bar in there because then it demands physical, and you gotta right. have the bar. <laughs> you cannot right. have that. I wouldn't be mad at it. I wouldn't be mad <laughs> exactly. at it. I, mean, be great. Exactly. I feel like there's been a couple <laughs> WrestleManias where they've teased like doing that type of matchup again. They've had, you know, I think it was, uh, who was it? The Bludgeon Brothers, the New Day, and the Usos. And I thought for sure that one was going to be uh, a TLC match. But, oh, you know, it, was, yeah. it wasn't. And, you know, it was a squash match. That one is just better forgotten than, than anything because I just I, I was disappointed in that match but um, no I agree it would be great to see the Hardys versus the Usos or brothers versus brothers match that would be amazing um, and I, I would not be mad if they decided to do a TLC match and, and threw in another tag team if it's the bar cool like they, they deserve it they've been they've been working their, yeah. their butts mm-hmm. off too so yeah, that's no, I, I as soon as you ask me I'm like bar automatically bar right right <laughs> they stand out they definitely do exactly stand out. exactly but, man yeah yeah, but so, uh, anyways, like this this match was was good. Oh, that big that standoff on the top rope between Shane and Jay Uso. Yeah. All right. Yeah. First of all, like I I thought you know I thought Sham's gonna go coast to coast and Uso's gonna go for the big splash, but totally caught me off guard with the mid air collision. Man, that was a oh that 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 was an awesome visual right there, man. 
Yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't sure where they were going with it. If they were just if maybe something else was going to happen. But mm-hmm. when both of them jumped off nearly at the same time and collided, that was that was definitely a, a, one of those moments where I was like, wow, they they, they, they legitimately surprised me with what they did. Um, yeah. So that was pretty cool because the timing has to be perfect. You mess that it up does. at all. It and it's going it to be a nasty moment. He had to get out the way real quick. Yeah, yeah. So well executed by by you know all, everybody that was involved in that move because that was that was definitely a risky one but it was worth the risk because it looked good it looked good. Exactly. Um, so so talk to me about the post match uh, festivities because we we had a prediction on what we thought was going to happen. Um, I think you didn't think that there was going to be a turn. Yeah, um, well, I, well, I, I called the turn, but I called the Miz turning on Shane. So yeah. well, at yeah, first, so talk, I thought, talk to you about I, it. At first, you know, in the beginning, when we first started this, you know, doing this podcast, I always thought that, you know, Shane would go heel, but yes, this yes, you did story, say that. I didn't, yep. I didn't see any hints of it. Like, I didn't see any type of jealousy between. I thought maybe they they use like the Miz father and Miz relationship, and that would make he would probably use that as motivation to go heel. Didn't see any type of inkling of that, so I'm like, okay, you know what, perfect. This is probably going, you know, why not? This is this is well within the Miz wheelhouse. Him to go heel makes sense. Okay, okay. This is we're in a different universe now. We're in a new era. You know what I'm saying? We got heel Shane. We haven't seen like in ten years. You know, just totally caught off guard. It it, it, it was great too because it's like you know they're going up. You know, they raising up the Miz Dad's arms, and you know, you think it's everything is good, and then you just see him just run real, real quick, and just run him over real quick. And I was like, ah, oh. and I jumped up like instantly. I jumped up. I was excited. My my daughter was running like, oh, why are you like, why are you screaming? I'm like, the Miz. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe it. And I'm like, Shane, you just turned heel. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that was just a great way to, uh, to end this story and to get this story in the right direction for uh, WrestleMania, man. And big kudos to the Miz, man, looking so heartbroken after that loss, too. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And man, even even Shane, too, man, you know, ripping the Miz shirt off and even getting more heat from from Cleveland because, you know, it's the it's the Cleveland is awesome shirt, wiping his sweat yeah. off and throwing it back in the Miz face. Oh man, that that was just great. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was so my initial reaction when I when I saw it, you know, I was shocked. I was shocked yeah. because I thought it would be the Miz turning on Shane. Like you said, there was no clue that it would be Shane, you know, actually doing that to the Miz and attacking him. And it, it is a, a stroke of genius to have it that way because, you know, it would catch us off all, all off guard like that. We haven't seen Shane as a bad guy in so long. Um, he's yes. so loved by the by the fans that, you know, for him, you, you just can't understand, like, why he would do that. And that makes it perfect. You know, for The Miz, we've seen him as a, as a heel so many times. That would be the easy way to go about this because it'd be like, okay, well, you know, Miz has been underhanded before, so we could all believe that he would do it again. But for Shane... Again, every you know, every city he goes to, you know, they're always, you know, chanting for Shane and it's always, you know, right. this love for Shane. So yeah. to take that and have the guts to say, 
it's that we're, we're going to go the other way. We're going to make him the villain. You know, I think it makes it real interesting. It's a more interesting storyline this way. Um, it's interesting to see Miz as the good guy and be the guy that, that gets betrayed because that's <laughs> never happened to him either. Yeah. So I love yeah. that about it. I know. Um, a, a, and it's a, a legit betrayal too because he wanted this team to work so bad. And it, it's funny, though, because when he first put it together, it seemed like he's manipulating Shane. He's yeah. just trying to to use him for some other you know plan he has going forward. And uh, but you can see as the weeks were going on, Miz really worked. He worked real hard to to get the idea across that he legitimately wants to be in this team. He wants to impress his dad. There's just this emotion that was coming from him that. Um, like it could have went either way, but yes. the, the fact that they're going about it this way, that Miz was actually what, you know, he was, he was, he was uh, authentic in, in his wanting to pair with Shane and, and all of the goodwill that Miz has gotten now, they can try to turn that into him being this top, you know, face for the company, which you know has not worked in the past, you know, before when they've turned Miz's face, it just, he just you know, never the and really, they never yeah. bought it. Yeah, and he just, he, it was just kind of a boring thing to see when he would try to be faced. I always thought Miz was way better as a heel, but I think in this, the way the Miz is now, you know, post uh, talking smack, and and now with this, yeah, that it, it's got a great chance to work. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited. He has, to see that, re- he has that reality TV show, so you know the way they're framing it. Yeah, yeah, man. You yeah, know, he's a, like he's yeah. a, he's a family man now. Yeah, he's got he's got a one he's got two kids well one kid and two another uh, baby on the way so you know he's got that going on there's just there's a lot of good things happening for you know for the Miz and his life and for this to to for, to get this push as you know a baby face I think is going to be a, a nice uh, it's the timing is great for him so I hope that that they just continue to build on this and and what better you know person to to, to try to start your face run on them with a McMahon, you know, yeah. to have a McMahon be your, your foil. So that's, that's going to be real exciting. Um, and yeah, so the, the matchup coming up at WrestleMania was confirmed on SmackDown that it was going to be the Miz and Shane at WrestleMania. We all saw that coming. Um, oh, you yeah. know, and I, I thought, I thought Shane on SmackDown was great. You know, just the, the follow up with, with, um, you know, after the match and basically just getting into the announcer's, uh, face and telling him, you know, to announce me better, put some more uh, right. emotion into it. Right. You know, say and you would announce him as the <laughs> say <it> with conviction. <laughs> You'd be like, announce it. You know, it kept right. saying the rest of the world, the rest of the world. And just, right. Yep, and it just wasn't good enough. He just kept getting into it, like, no, say it like this, say it better. You know, it was almost. I was waiting for him to say, say it with your chest. I was just waiting for that, but <laughs> you know, that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, it just heel shame works, man, and it felt right. It's like wow, you, he's just so naturally good at, at, at being a being an ass, you know, as a as a heel. So and the motivation made him. sense too. He's he was sick and yeah. tired of people using him. You know, what I'm saying? Yeah, which, which to be fair, I believe that that I mean that's what was my thought was what the Miz was doing was that he was going to be using right. he was wanting to use him, which to, which, which Miz did admit. You know what I'm saying? When he, yeah. when he came, he was like, I, I got to be, he's like, I, I got to come forward. And he is like, I, I did, I did use you at first. And did, and Miz did admit that. So maybe that was right. the downfall. 
Right. So Shane is really, I mean, he's right. You know, it's just he, he beat the guy down for it. But um, it's going to be an interesting storyline because I, I like it, too, when you can when you can point to things like that and yeah. say that the, the villain has a point and you, you kind of <laughs> get where he's coming from. Yeah. So that, too, makes it more interesting. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what, what Miz says uh, maybe this week on SmackDown. Uh, this week coming up that he'll he'll uh, say something and let us know his perspective and, and continue to yeah. just build upon the momentum they got going on. So, yeah, what kudos, man. Kudos. What do you think of Shane calling Miz dead a, a baked potato head? Oh, my God. Because, <laughs> um, um, you know, I'm like, his head does look like a baked potato. <laughs> oh, my God. It was funny. It was funny. You know, Shane, Shane just, you know, it was funny. I'll leave it at that. I did laugh, too. I did laugh, too. You know, it, it caught me off guard when he said it. You know, I'm like, it whoa, did. wait, it did. that's his father. Like, that's the man's father. Like, you actually making fun of him in a way. And like you said, people look at him now and start to try to see, like, does his face look like a baked so, you know, <laughs> that is interesting that he would say that. But, you know, it was funny. It was funny. I'm sure his dad is, you know, finally whatever. It's part of the story. But, um, yeah, man, that was, <laughs> caught me off guard, along with other things going on in the storyline. But, yeah, yeah, great great matchup, uh, great tag team match, solid ending, you know, great way to start off the pay-per-view. So, yeah, just uh, great, great start to the pay-per-view for them for sure. Um, so the next matchup was for the SmackDown Women's Championship. It was Asuka versus Mandy Rose. Um, Asuka defeated Mandy Rose uh, as some shenanigans kind of took place towards the end. Uh, basically, uh, Sonya Deville was looking to grab something under the ring, a weapon, which really doesn't make sense because if she does hit Asuka with a weapon, then Mandy Rose is going to get disqualified anyway unless she can be slick about it. So that part of it, really, I didn't get what what the point of that was. Um, and then uh, Mandy catches her foot on the apron because she, you know, it was it was on the ring. Uh, she slips. She gets caught by Oscar and beat. Um, overall, I thought the match was okay. I wasn't really blown away by it. I was nervous going into the match that Mandy Rose might actually win this matchup because of the momentum she had, and just Oscar has been on a kind of an up and down road since going to the main roster and I was I was hoping that this was going to like that Asuka would be back to where she was basically during her NXT days and prior to fighting Charlotte at WrestleMania um, yeah. but she had taken a pinfall a loss already to Mandy Rose which was pretty clean um, and it just seemed like well we may be taking a couple steps back to where we you know where we all don't want to be with Asuka with her not seeming as uh, as strong as she she should be seen but um, you know the match. I don't know. I just, I just you saw that it, pin it is left. pretty clean. What the the one on SmackDown? No, no, no. The uh, on uh, Fastlane. No, I said, I said pretty clean. The the um, SmackDown win from okay. Mandy. Okay. When, when Mandy beat Oscar on SmackDown, there really wasn't much yeah, to yeah, even yeah. argue. It was just kind of like, wow. She, I think it was a roll up pin that she did to to Oscar and caught her and got the one two three. So. Um, at Fastlane, no, it was it was it was interference basically from Sonya Deville, and it, it was just kind of a. I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Put it that way. That it it there it was other ways to go ahead and finish this matchup. I would have preferred it if Oscar dominated Mandy, and that you know Sonya tried to cheat, but Oscar overcame that, and then just showed that even both of these women combined trying everything in their power. Mandy's still not ready to, to take on Asuka. That, I think, would have been the better approach. But this way, it made it look like 
Oscar needed Mandy to trip in order to find a way to beat Mandy, which you know is not uh, is not the way Oscar yeah. is. So I don't know. I, it left me wanting more. I, I didn't. I didn't put much for this match. I, I got one bullet point for this match, and this is what yeah. I put. Why did Manny Rose get a protected loss? Mm. Yep. Why? Yep. <laughs> yep. She didn't need that. No. Oscar didn't no. need that. No. It helped <laughs> nobody. It helped nobody. nobody. It really yeah. didn't. Because a, a, a protected loss does not like that's oh, that doesn't help Mandy at all. Because yeah. And that that really that really took me. I, I wasn't feeling this match at all, man. I'm like, why is Manny getting all this offense, man? Like, Oscar should be like dominating, like you said, be laying hands, mm-hmm. and then yeah. somehow Sonya, you know, catch her off guard, and then there you go, play that game that way. That's the most logical story you had to go. But no, yeah. you're trying to go. I don't know what story you're trying to tell. Like, Mandy is that damn good. I don't believe it. I think they're trying to push Mandy as that she's like Trish Stratus right now. That right now she's no. at that level. No. And no, no one is she's not Trish Stratus. <laughs> no. That's what I'm saying. But but the only thing that makes sense, if, if you're going to, the way they did that match, and for Mandy to seem like, you know, again, throwing hands with her and on an even level with Asuka during the match, which doesn't, I don't buy it, but in someone's eyes, in Vince McMahon's eyes right now, he wants to build that, Mandy Rose is right now ready to be the next, you know, women's champion, and she's on that Trish Stratus type of level, you know. But again, no one is buying that. No one is buying that. I feel like the crowd, you know, it was was pretty dead during that matchup. Um, anybody watching that matchup that's really paying attention is kind of like, okay, this is none of this really makes sense for what we know Oscar to be capable of, and what we know Amanda Mandy isn't capable of yet. Because um, I'm not saying Mandy Rose can't get there. I, I believe with some more time, with some more training, you know, she's on her way. She's got a couple of moves that we really like. That running knee is, is awesome. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's fun to it watch. It looks strong. It's a strong move. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, her finisher is strong, too. You know, I, I like the, the parts of, of her of her overall. But, you know, for as a – she's not ready yet. She's It's not complete yet. And yeah. she's definitely not on Oscar's level. She shouldn't. She, she's going to be even really have this though. matchup, but yeah, it, it, we'll, we'll see well, in what capacity. Is. I, I bet it's probably going to be most likely a triple threat between Sonya Deville, Manny Rose, and Oscar. I, I, I probably I just see that coming right now because the way the story was told on SmackDown, how Manny kind of, uh, I think, tripped up. Sonya Deville, yeah, with the same, yeah. you know, with the with the the curtain or whatever, and uh, got her yeah. tied up. So I guess we were, we're heading in that direction. I think they should just let the two of them fight on SmackDown and have keep that feud to SmackDown, and maybe neither one of them fights Oscar at WrestleMania and have somebody else fight Oscar because put, comparing that matchup to you know the Ronda Rousey Becky Lynch Charlotte matchup. That's terrible. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a terrible matchup comparison. So, and I, I mean, we talked about like what they, what can they do to make the SmackDown Women's Championship seem big because it just doesn't. It's not getting the attention that the Raw Championship is right now, and that that would not help. You know, having having a, a triple threat with with Mandy and, Mandy and Sonya with with Oscar, I just nah, 
Oscar deserves better. Mandy and, and Sonya can do something else. Uh, they, their time is coming. They got they got many years in the WWE, yeah. but uh, to to have that at WrestleMania, I, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want that. Maybe Ruby Riot would come back to SmackDown because that could have been actually a good match between Oscar and Ruby Riot if we could have had that I, doing some little fantasy booking. Yeah, that'd be fun. I, I'd enjoy that. I mean, really, anybody, anybody else. We just yeah. we just saw the Mandy versus Oscar <laughs> matchup. So just pick somebody else. Anybody else? Oscar, right? <laughs> At this point, just anybody else. That'll be fine. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on from this one. Um, so the next matchup was kind of an impromptu matchup. We talked about Kofi Kingston and, and the New Day. Uh, Kofi Kingston in the back uh, was was told that he was uh, to, to meet up with Vince McMahon to find out about, you know, what he's going to be doing in, uh, to, at, the, at Fastlane. And he was waiting outside for a while. And uh, uh, Big E and, and uh, uh, Xavier Woods, you know, ran up and said, why, why are you still waiting out here? He's like, I'm, I'm waiting. You know, I just, I don't know. I'm waiting. So they busted into Vince McMahon's locker room and, you know, confronted him. And Vince said, you know what? There's going to be a triple threat match for the, t- for the championship right, and that's going to be going on. So you convince me. It's going to be a triple threat. And he's old Kofi. He said, you better get ready because that match is right now. So Kofi went out there. And, you know, everyone's thinking, okay, this is, this is it. Kofi's getting Everyone. Everyone. Right. <laughs> Literally everybody thought it was about to happen. Uh, even the announcer called it. All right, now we have the triple threat match. And first it was Kofi Kingston. He came out. Then some, you know, producer from the side ran up to the announcer and was like, um, actually, you know, we're, we're calling a little bit of an audible here. So, you know, the announcer gets back in the microphone and says, actually, the triple threat match is happening later tonight. And that Kofi Kingston's match is a handicap match, um, which Kofi, his face during that whole thing when they were changing the match on him was, was priceless and perfect. It was. Just it was. sold it that he had no idea what was happening and he had just gotten screwed. And then when the bar came out, it I was, was like, just like, uh, like what? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Yeah. You know, and the announcers too sold it. They're like, why? Even Corey Graves is like, what is going on here? So, I mean, the storytelling, like you said, you know, for Kofi, they are really, at this point, Kofi has to win the championship. Done. Like he just has to win it at some at a certain point. So oh, yeah. at WrestleMania, I'm sorry, not at a certain point at WrestleMania. This all has to lead to that. Um, to put this much uh, into this story, because this it's funny how we started. Kofi was a replacement um, for uh, uh, for Mustafa Ali, and you know he was in the gauntlet match and and just had an amazing showing. From that to now, we are all probably in agreement as wrestling fans that. Kofi is about to become champion, that he's going to WrestleMania, um, and he's, he's, he's going to get his first ever WWE championship. Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing thing. So um, kudos to them for that. But, yeah, just this moment on its own was was pretty heart-wrenching. And, like, you just right. – right. right. um, So, I don't know. What, what were your thoughts? Was, I thought it was a great swerve and some yeah. very swick, slick wordplay by Vince McMahon. Because yep. technically he was right. <laughs> it's like there is going to be yeah. a triple threat match. He, all he said was there's going to be a triple threat match. He did. He did. And he said it on SmackDown. Well, he did. He said, he said, you guys are, you want to hear what you hear. You have selective hearing. So, and playing it back, I'm like, damn, he was right. Yeah. Like, he was right. 
Yeah, man. But you know, I thought that was very, I, I thought that was very good, man. You know, just Vince being Vince, you know, being that, yeah. that, that, that master manipulative, you know, evil genius. And, and that's what we got to see here. And I thought this was a, a but, that was a great storytelling to get some good sympathy for Kofi, man. You know, you yeah. just saw the the emotion on him, just like you said, like when you know everybody's all just getting all geek, like, yeah, we're about to see the triple threat. Like, all right, like how they're gonna like how like how's it gonna end? We don't know. All of a sudden it gets we get swerve and handicap match the bar, and they just destroyed this dude. Oh, they destroyed yeah. him. They, they destroyed, destroyed him. him. And then you try to see the New Day. As soon as the New Day come out, you got Rusev and Nakamura come out, and they get destroyed. It, yeah. It's like, man, and that's, and that's the picture they painted. So you just, you know, you just pulling for these guys, man. And, and I thought this was a great way how how, how you could just build a, a great face character, man. Like, for Kofi, man, I, he, he's winning. There's no doubt in my mind that he's going to win. And I can't wait, man. Yeah, agreed, agreed. He has to. At this point, he has to, man. So I don't really have anything to add to that. It's just at this point, it's it's I'm getting more and more excited for Kofi the more that this storyline progresses. Um on SmackDown, they announced that it's he's gonna have to fight in another gauntlet match to to actually earn the spot at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. And even that <laughs> was, was oh, insane. Man. Randy Orton came out. Vince said, you're going to be going against that man. And then, man, who was it after Samoa Joe came out? Samoa Joe, said, the bar, yeah. Rowan. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I guess it, Daniel Bryan isn't a part of it. Even though he stood up there on that stage, I don't think yeah. – they played Rowan's music. They didn't play Daniel Bryan's music. So I'm guessing Rowan's just hey. the last guy he has to face. But, wow. Like, <laughs> to Daniel Bryan too, man. Because uh, on SmackDown, when he when he said a little small promo, he gave his he was get he gave his onion honest opinion about Kofi Kingston and how Vince McMahon kind of brought that back, resurfaced that back towards yeah. the end of uh, SmackDown, and he said, you know, Daniel Bryan called you called Kofi Kingston basically you're a B plus player, and I thought a that was B a great plus call, player. right? A great callback, yeah. you know, back in 2014 when Triple H called yeah. <laughs> Daniel Bryan yeah, right. a B plus. B plus. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Kofi is basically the new Daniel Bryan, and I love how they're putting that together, you know, for for the storyline. So, you know, kudos to them for that. And uh, man, I, I I can't wait to see SmackDown because it's about to be an hour. You know, the first hour will be whatever, and then that next hour is just going to be Kofi Kingston versus the world. Oh yeah, we'll see is, how he does is. with that. It is. Yeah. I'm like, I already know what hour two is about. <laughs> yep, yep, we already know. Just just have that in your mind that the rest of the, the car, the rest of SmackDown, that yeah. first part is about to be everybody else. But then that second half is all Kofi Kingston, which will be fun. It'll be fun well, to see. I want to ask you this. What do you think about when Kofi said in this promo, too, like you don't want to see a guy like me win the WWE championship? Well, there's a lot of ways you can interpret that, right? Yeah. And I think that that was on purpose that he did it that way. Now, given that he's delivering that promo promo directly to to Vince in the ring like that and seeing Vince's face like that, I, I feel like it was more towards you know undersized, um, high flying guys. You know, not the not the. Not the, like he's not a big guy character. He's kind of like a Daniel Bryan, how he was before, or you know how like a Dolph Ziggler is, or you know in Kofi Kingston that that kind of size, that kind of ability, but not the big guy that Vince typically likes. Um, 
Now, leaving it open to interpretation, some people may say, oh, well, maybe he means because, you know, he's a black wrestler, but you immediately start thinking, oh, what about The Rock? You know, he gave him that long run and Rock's one of the the best ever. So I don't, you know, it's, (laughs) you could interpret it that way and you could say that, okay, that is also true in a sense, because Yeah, but, uh, but, but think about like, what? But like like African American wrestlers like Amin Johnson, D'Lo Brown, yeah. you know yeah. Booker T. But he didn't get WWE championship. I think he only got what was it heavyweight, world heavyweight, and then yeah. I think somehow Triple H did some politicking back there to screw him out of a match like that, man. So I, I think to me, I interpret it as yeah, like you know you don't want to see a black wrestler, man, and that kind of resonated with me. So I don't everybody. I don't know if everybody noticed. Yes, we are African American and we love wrestling. So what? But you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't. I don't know if anybody noticed. But yeah. But that actually resonated with me, man. Kofi and I think that's a great element of this of this story being told too. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. I, I look at it like this: like anytime you you have you know a black wrestler, you know, or a, you know, like Rey Mysterio, a Mexican wrestler, yeah. or like Shinsuke Nakamura, a Japanese wrestler, you know, getting that that moment, right? Like it's inspiration, inspirational to people to say, hey, like I have an opportunity to do it too. It doesn't matter what race you are, what country you're from, if you you know what language you speak that you have an opportunity to do whatever you put your mind to. And if their intention was to draw attention to race in this situation, I think that, you know, Vince and, and, and the New Day, they're collectively trying to send that message that, hey, you know, we want to have more diversity and, and, and honor diversity uh, better than we have previously. And so, you know, this is, this is their attempt at saying, all right, yes, you know, Kofi is going to be, you know, representative of that in a way. And, and when he wins, you know, it'll be another celebrate celebratory moment for people of all creeds and colors and religion, oh, yeah. races and all of that to say, yes, it does not matter. It doesn't matter where you're from. So I think it, that's a beautiful way to look at this too. Um, yeah. You know, my, my gut reaction was they were more talking about the type of wrestler that he is because really Vince is known for loving the big guys. You know, he's known for loving, you know, those like Hulk Hogan types or the John Cena types or the, the Giants, you know, those big guys. That's when um, Who was he talking about recently when he said you don't have the beef? It was Finn Balor, right? Finn Balor. Like, Finn Balor was, was getting ready to fight against all these big dudes, right? And he's like, uh, can you really stand the ring with all this beef? Right. <laughs> A little cringeworthy is the moment he had, but, you know, it is what it is. So, you know, I feel like that – that is to a part of it, but I think they left it open on purpose so that people can make their own assumptions and they wouldn't have to put it in our faces one way or another what it's about. But for for us being, you know, black, uh, black people and ourselves that we can take inspiration from the fact that he's a black wrestler who's, who's on his way to becoming champion, you know, but then it's also inspirational for all people to say it really doesn't matter what race you are. You know what? Where you're from, you can do it too. Whatever it is you you, you want to do. Um, so I I love that that about this whole scenario. And, and then WWE's really been. I mean, I I think overall that this year has been a year of of change for them. 
Like yeah. for, for women, for instance, women's evolution, the first ever all women's pay-per-view, you know, the way that the women have been portrayed has been huge. Um, and then now topping it off with potentially the first ever uh, main event with the women being the, the, the last match on the card. You know, and to add to that, something like this happened with Kofi Kingston, a black wrestler, to be champion. You know, it, it's definitely been been a been a heck of a year for for just change and just trying to make make uh just make things different in the WWE, and and uh, I appreciate that. So, you know, it, it's all good. It's all love, and I, I'm I'm appreciating the the, the storyline that they're, that they're telling with Kofi and all the different things that you can take from what this what what they're giving us with the story. You know, I appreciate it all. Oh yeah, man! This is why I love wrestling. It's all love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So then, uh, let's see. The next match up here, the Raw Tag Team Championship match. Uh, we had the. It was a triple threat. Uh, we had the Revival Tag Team Champions defending against Alistair Black and Ricochet, and Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Um, this matchup. It was one of the best tag team matchups that yes. Raw has had in a long time. At yes. least the Raw brand has had yes. in a long time. Yes. Uh, we've both talked though, about, yeah, because we, we've talked about how just terrible the the Raw tag team division has been in comparison to SmackDown. SmackDown is loaded. They have, we, we mentioned earlier, the Usos yes. are arguably the best tag team in the world right now. That's the cream you know, of the crop right there. It starts at exactly. the Usos. It starts with them. And so for, for Raw, it's just been, you know, lackluster to say the yeah. least, you know, with, with just what they put on. Like they had to create this tag team of, of uh, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, you know, just just out of nowhere, basically, um, to actually have a good a good tag team that really seemed, you know, legitimate for a while. But then again, they had the rev- revival on there, there too, that they weren't really using. Um, you had the B team on there. You have Ascension on there who really haven't been doing anything. It's just been a weird division overall. Yes, um, yes. So, so. So now, you know, with with Ricochet and with Aleister Black, you know, they've put them together in a tag team probably temporarily to, you know, just to get those two guys over for a little bit, give them something to do. But they have great chemistry with each other to put them in the ring with the Revival, who, you know, in their NXT days were seen as one of the best tag teams in the world. And then, you know, Chad and Bobby Roode, both guys have a lot of of history with different tag team partners. The mix of those guys in this matchup felt just awesome. Like, I really enjoyed this matchup. Great chemistry um, all around. All around, all around. It felt like, and it's funny because these are all, you know, NXT guys that are in it there. Is. And it had that <laughs> feeling of like a like a takeover type of matchup. You yes. know, like literally every one of them are, are tech. Actually, all of them have had have held gold, actually, in NXT too. So that's pretty cool. Um but uh, yeah, just just this matchup, I enjoyed it. Fast paced. Um, in the end, the revival ended up winning, which I thought was a great choice. I was so happy to see them win. As much as I love uh, uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet, I definitely didn't want them to beat the revival like this. It would have just been bad for the revival overall. Um, like you got to build them up. You got to get build them up. You have to give yeah. them their, their shine a little bit. We called it like and, revival needed to win this. They needed it. They needed this win, and they got it. And you know, that was it was it was great to see. So I hope the WWE continues to build them and continues to allow them to to 
raise the level of, of competition and raise the level of quality of the raw brand when it comes to tag teams because they have what it takes to do it. It's just will yeah. will the WWE allow them to? Um, so we'll see there. But no, I enjoyed I enjoyed the match and I especially enjoyed the outcome of the match. So you know, hopefully more to come. Yeah, man. I, I thought personally this was a very you know out the gate, very quick pace match, man. Very similar similar to the pace of the ha- halftime heat uh for the super bowl man that type of pace man so it was just like yeah. as as the bell rang it was just gone. i still put that over i still put that that matchup over this matchup oh yes of course was of course i'm just saying the pace of it though i'm just saying it. right right okay yeah yeah i'm not saying like i'm still yeah halftime that's still hands down over this you know triple threat yeah. But yeah. uh, still, this was still a damn good triple threat match, man. Like that one spot, absolutely. Uh, where Alistair man was going for the black mask, and Rude caught it and threw it into Scott Don- Scott Dawson. That was crazy, yeah. man. And he took the black mask, or even Ricochet going for that shooting star press. Oh man! And I think everybody was going for like the, for their finisher, and he went for that shooting star press. Man, that thing was just like a thing of beauty, man. It's like yeah. so graceful in the air. He's not even trying. That's that's the yeah. weird part, man. It's like it's not even. I'm not even like I'm not even going like twenty percent right now. This is just easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. easy as breathing, man. Uh, yeah, it just, there was some smart moments too, like when uh, when Ricochet went over the top turnbuckle, he was yeah. trying to hit someone on the outside, and he jumped over the post, and then Chad Gable made that tag as yeah. he was flying over. Him. Yeah. That was just that was a yes. great smart on the fly type of moment that it I just was, really I noticed. Yeah, I didn't I really notice it, it until they replayed it, and you see it in slow yeah. motion. I was like, it even looked it looked better in slow motion too. It did. It, it did. It. I was like, oh, man, that was just, like, so smart of Chad Gable, man. Uh, like, man, and Chad Gable actually, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode actually look good. Has some showing some great tag team chemistry in this match, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, even Scott Thompson, man, they they just, you know, showing the reasons why they're, the reasons why they're a definition of a true tag, you know, a true tag team champion, even after they, they won. And then Scott Dawson caressing Dash Wilder's head. Yeah. It's <laughs> showing that brotherly love like I got your back. And so I'm here for you. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's like this is another awesome visual of just, you know, true tag team, you know, of the true tag team uh, division right there. Exactly, man. So, like I said, I, I just hope that we see more of that from the revival, um, you know, and hopefully just just the improvement continues on with the Raw Tag Team Division, because this was definitely a fun match and it helps add a lot of momentum for the Tag Team Division uh, going forward. So more, hopefully more. Give us more of that, WWE. Please, please, please. All right. Um, so the next matchup we're going to talk about was the United States Championship match. Uh, which was kind of this was this match on the card prior to I don't in terms of just even being a one on one match no right like there was no, no U.S. championship there match was at no all U.S. championship and then they showed like an exclusive clip that I guess that happened on WWE Network you know I guess there was a dispute between Carmella and Selena Vega and uh, yeah I remember seeing that yeah. up there he was like you know squash all that I take all comers and exactly yep. what he did. He did, he did, because the match ended up being a uh, fatal four-way, and it was Samoa Joe versus R-Truth, Rey Mysterio, and Andrade, which, again, 
We talked about earlier on how, you know, Rey Mysterio and Andrade, they were supposed to be in a pre-show matchup, but that was canceled and scrapped for this Fatal 4-Way that we ended up getting later on in the pay-per-view. And it was just another strong match, man. Like, yeah. Rey Mysterio and Andrade, those two guys, they have such great chemistry. The pace that they wrestle in, like you were just talking about with the tag team championship, it's just fun to see matches wrestled at that type of pace and speed with yes. guys who just know each other so well. So that was great. And then R-Truth, and Samoa Joe being added to that, both of those guys are great. They, they just add to it so well. Um, you don't miss a beat, you know, from what you got with Rey Mysterio and Andrade by adding in our truth of Samoa Joe. If anything, they just enhanced it by adding the power of Samoa Joe and then our truth with just his athleticism and the moves that he can pull. So it's just it's a it's a great uh, chemistry that these four guys have. I'm anticipating that this is going to lead into something like this at WrestleMania as well with all four of these guys potentially again. Um, not sure uh, how they're going to try to make it seem fresh, maybe what new stipulation they're going to put to it, maybe a ladder match or something like that. But, um, you know, I'm, that's where I'm thinking that this is going. Is though, Maybe you know, a ladder match. It has to be a ladder match for this. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. But, uh, yeah, it was a great matchup. Samoa Joe ended up getting the victory. Um, so he retained his belt. And, uh, yeah, everybody looked great in the match. Like, no one came out looking looking bad in it. You know, they were all strong. Um, yeah, and this was another one that I really enjoyed. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, same here, man. This was a great federal four-way, man. Like, everybody got a chance to shine. You know, you know, from our truth showing that great agility he has, and then uh man, Samoa Joe showing that vicious, and then uh uh man, who had that sin almost had that great court screw on Samoa Joe on the outside, like he came out the out the ring and then he just spun and did like a 360 on him. Mm. That was just a great because the control, the body control on that is crazy because you just uh, jump in midair and just turn real quick. That's just yeah. crazy, man. Seeing almost, man, it's, it's, it's like another level. And I can't wait to see what they're going to do for WrestleMania, man, because I believe that it can tell another great story. And I and, and, and it demands to take another level up. And that probably be like a ladder match, man. Like, you got to add some type of stipulation for this now. You have to. Yep, yeah. you have yeah. to. Yeah. So let, let's, let's jump in kind of an early prediction on that. Okay. Um, let's say at WrestleMania, it's a, another Fatal 4-Way ladder match. Who do you think wins that matchup? Or do you think maybe needs to win that matchup? Oh, man. I see an almost. He, he needs, he needs yeah. this. He needs this. Mm. This would be a great start for, uh, especially at WrestleMania, man. It could WrestleMania moment and a great start to, to carry this momentum to, to carry it into SummerSlam right here. And I think this is what he needs. Like, if you're claiming he's the future, we need to see it right here. Yeah, I, I that's that's where I'm going to. I feel like Andrade, you know, definitely would be the guy that I feel needs this the most. Um, booking wise, I'm not I'm not sure that I, I feel confident that that's how they're gonna book it. But that's how I what's what I feel would yeah. should happen. Um, in terms of what I think would happen, I actually think either. Gosh, it's tough, man. I feel like Rey Mysterio for some reason stands out. Like he's been losing to Andrade so many times, and he's yet to. I don't, I don't know if he actually has beaten Andrade 
at all during this whole uh, this whole feud they had because that that best out of uh, two out of three falls match didn't end, and other than that, Andrade has, has beaten him most of the time. Um, so with that, I feel like Ray would be a favorite to come out of that one on top, or Joe. Um, you know, Joe to just retain, just to, to continue to build Joe. Um, I kind of would want Joe to lose just because I want Joe to f- go for the WWE championship. I feel like he's, even though it's great to see him with a championship, I think he's beyond the United States championship. Yeah. And he yeah. just feels like it, it, it just doesn't seem right that he has a, he has that belt. I think I want to see him with the WWE championship or the universal championship. One of those yeah. two and be the main guy. Yeah, why not, but, man? Have a Kofi and Samoa Joe uh, summer feud. <laughs> yeah, you know, man, wow, that would be. I mean, you're already. If Kofi makes it to SummerSlam, like for instance, with the championship, wow, like that would blow my mind. That would be a win in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like I would be rooting for Joe to lose that match so he can move on from it, from the belt. And I, I think I would be rooting for Andrade to win it, to, to elevate him because he needs that. He needs that championship. He needs that that uh, title reign to help establish him. Um, and then, I don't know, then maybe him and Rey Mysterio feud for that belt and maybe Rey Mysterio beats him for it after, after a couple of matchups. But, you know, I'd be rooting for Andrade. I feel like the booking might lend, lead to Rey Mysterio winning the belt. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So but I think we're in agreement that Andrade is the pick. That Andrade would be our, yeah, our pick yeah, for that. Yeah. He, he just he's just too damn good. Like yeah, I can see him doing some some type of crazy maneuver on, on at WrestleMania, man. Like doing a ladder match and just him. Yeah, I don't know who will take the pin. Maybe maybe our truth because he really haven't took a pin yet. Now that you think about it, but. Well, with the ladder match, are you talking about? It, it oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. This is okay. <laughs> yeah. Take the. Uh, yeah, he would just take uh, take the belt. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I, yeah, I, I'm hoping I'm hoping that's what happens. I'm hoping that uh, there's a ladder match there that Andrade uses that to kind of get him some momentum to to take his career up to that next level. So, agree. Anything else you wanted to add on this championship match before we move on? Oh yeah, man, that last bit when Samoa Joe uh, when he got the got that chokehold on Ray, like when he he kind of grabbed him. Like slow grabbed them. It, that was a that was a crazy visual, man. It was like a predator going for the kill right there. And as soon as he grabbed him, I knew it was over right there. Right there. <laughs> yeah, you, just, yeah you, just you can see, see it kind of coming. You can see, see it coming. Right, you just see right yep. slowly going to sleep. I'm like, oh, he going night night. Yep. <laughs> it's just so Joe is so good at being that like intense animalistic like 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 you said that predator you know when and seeing his eyes and the look in his eyes anytime that he's got somebody in that in that hold i mean it's just it's priceless man like he is he's just so such a i don't know how to even describe what what i'm trying to say here but um the way that the professionalism that joe has around this whole thing like he, he is so invested in his character you know that there there's not a moment where where you feel like joe is taking that like taking taking a, a playoff or just like not in it. Like he's always in it. He's always bringing that intensity. Similar to the Usos, like I was saying earlier with them. Like he's just one of those guys that I, I enjoy watching because when 
he's out there. You know what, what you're going to get. You know that Joe is just going to be, win or lose, he's going to be that same intense, scary dude that, you know, could just, it just who always brings it. So anyway, I'm just, I, I, to echo your sentiments of uh, how you felt when, when Joe did that to Rey Mysterio, yeah. yeah. As soon as he grabbed him, I'm like, man, just look at Joe's eyes. This is over. Just go ahead and ring the bell. <laughs> <It's Yeah. fun>. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. All right. So next up, we'll move on to the uh, women's tag team matchup for the women's tag team championships. The first uh, defense for the Boss and Hug Connection. Uh, Sasha and Bailey, they went up against Nia Jax and Tamina. Uh, we both predicted that this this was another one where they needed the Boston Hug Connection needed to win this match. Sasha needed to finally successfully defend a championship because she had never once uh, successfully defended a championship while being on the the main roster, and it happened. They they ended up winning the matchup. Um, so I was happy for for them on that standpoint that they successfully uh, like escaped, you know, without losing the championship on their first. Uh, title defense. I thought that was great. Um, the match on a whole was solid. Uh, I don't think it was it was great, but I didn't think it was bad either. It was just a solid. I thought it was a bit sloppy, just mainly on Tamina and Nia Jax side. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't disagree. I mean, anytime Tamina's in the ring, I kind of you know. I don't know. I, I don't get super excited about her really right now. Um, the only thing that's interesting about them is, is as a team is just the power that they have, you know, the strength that they have. But uh, yeah, it, it just, I guess I didn't get anything that I didn't expect from, from her in terms of that. So the sloppiness really didn't, didn't like bother me or catch me by surprise. But overall I thought the matchup, kind of just achieved what what they wanted, just giving the Boston Hug Connection a successful defense. So now we don't have to, you know, talk about like, oh, they've never, like Sasha's never uh, not defended the title yeah. before, you know, and uh, <laughs> that's over with. And yeah, they can just just start building up these belts, start building the prestige, this prestige of the belts by first having beaten a team of that size and stature like Anaya and Tamina. But um, there were some shenanigans during the or, you know during the match and after the match, um, you know for for instance with uh, let's see it was the Beth Phoenix uh, spot there with uh, her and Tamina going face to face, which was uh, kind of interesting. I mean, I guess let, why don't you talk about that? Give us give us your thought your thoughts on uh, what you thought about the aftermath of the match. Yeah, yeah, that's basically. That's that's what I have notes on, man. Because I thought, you know, just a decent match, just a bit sloppy, but nothing too too much stood out besides the aftermath. Uh, I, I thought uh, that kind of was that came from the left side for me, man. So, like, I'm I'm still trying to process that, I guess, because I, you know, Beth Phoenix. I guess I don't know where this is gonna go for for WrestleMania, but uh, you know. You know, Beth Phoenix standing up and now getting destroyed by Tamina and Nia Jax and Nia Jax doing her own version of a people's, I guess, a people's leg drop. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> she needs to stop doing that. I didn't like that at all. I, and I didn't even catch it until she went, she did the hands yeah, thing. And I'm yeah, like, I thought, wait a minute. I she was doing with this. I'm like, yeah. 
You know, we, but you know what? She's doing what she needs to do is to get that heat on her as a heel. True, true. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's true. She's doing her job. So, yeah, yeah. She's, she's supposed to be annoying us right now, and, and she's yeah. successful. She's great at that. Right. You're taking that something sure. that the people like, and you're kind of putting your thing on it, and now people are going to start hating that. So, yeah. Uh, uh, so bad oh my god it yeah. just it made me it made me ill it made me ill but oh well I, I guess in the end i'm just confused because i don't know where we're going with this yeah i don't either to be honest with you i don't know i mean in the you would say okay there's gonna be a matchup at wrestlemania for beth phoenix you know against to you know to uh nia jacks maybe or a tag team matchup with natalia and they're going against both of them but I don't as a as a part of the main card at WrestleMania, really? Like I don't I don't see that. Would it be a triple threat match for the tag team championships with Beth Phoenix there? Like she hasn't been there been in, in the ring for years. And for her to be in a in a tag team title match doesn't really make sense. I could go that now that you say that. God damn it, no fees. Yeah. Well, I mean, that just seems <laughs> where this is where this is probably gonna go logically if you just you follow know. the Yeah, because Natalia the Beth Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, and they they you know were friends for a long time, and they used to you know roll together. But I just I, is anyone really going to want to see that match? No, not really. Um, I don't know what it achieves for anybody involved in that matchup. Um, it gives Beth Phoenix uh, an opportunity to come back to wrestling, but um, I guess the the fear here is what if the fans get behind Beth Phoenix and then they start booing Sasha and Bailey, and they become kind of pseudo heels for that matchup. Like, I don't know that that's a good idea to to put Beth Phoenix in her return matchup to the ring against a team that you're trying to build up as you know exactly. the baby faces in this way. That yeah, that is almost kind of productive, man. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't I don't really think that's a good idea, but we'll see what they do. It seems like that's where where they're going. I hope they don't. I hope they figure out some other way to to bring Beth Phoenix into the fold. Maybe she accompanies Sasha and Bailey to their matchup um, at WrestleMania against Tamina and Nia again, although I don't want to see a rematch, but um, that would be a better use, I think, of Beth Phoenix if she's like an enforcer character for them to kind of you know help them in case there's some shenanigans that, that uh, Tamina and Nia are going to try this time around to, to ensure that they win. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, man. I like I said, man. I, I have really nothing too much about this match. Just it was good to see Beth Phoenix, but in the end, I'm just kind of confused of where we're gonna go with this. Uh, uh, you know, with this match, like possibly could be a triple threat. You know, since you mentioned it, because I'm Natalia, and you know, and that kind of led into what she was saying too, uh, even on. Uh, on Monday Night Raw, you know, because she kind of just dismissed Ronda. Reach out to my best friend now, Beth Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll, it's, it's, I'm not excited about this scenario, and that's not good for this championship. If you're trying to build it, you want to build it around something that people can really get behind. And there's not – I don't think this is the way to do it. Now, one reason why – one, I guess, maybe glimmer of hope, I guess you could maybe look at it that way, is uh, the Iconics did kind of throw out a challenge on um, on SmackDown around uh, the fact that Sasha and Bailey did say they were going to defend the titles everywhere, and yet they haven't really been on SmackDown. So maybe, you know, it won't be something with 
with um, you know Naya and, and Tamina and Beth Phoenix again, maybe it'll actually be with the Iconics, which I'm kind of back and forth on the Iconics. I'm not a huge fan of them either, but just to do something different, I think it would be better. I would rather see the Iconics versus the Boston Hug Connection versus versus instead of them going against Naya and Tamina again or some kind of triple threat with Beth and Natalia. Um, that's kind of my thoughts on that. I feel like that would be a little bit better. I, I still don't know if that's the matchup to really make this the the champ the women's championship matchup up for the tag team titles be liked or you know having fans be more behind it. But um, it would it would at least feel fresh uh, instead of what they're what they're doing right now. But I don't know what's your take on potentially the Iconics being the next uh, competitors, the next challengers. Uh, that that'd be kind of hard to for me to buy that because just the way they just haven't been uh been booked properly have been right booked, haven't been booked strong never been booked as smart heels they've just been booked as annoying heels right now that you don't want to see so that's not a good way to book them you need to book them as like as smart heels because they you're you know they're okay in the ring but not like ring generals in a ring. So you need to... I was I was gonna say like that's yeah. one reason why I'm not really behind the iconics because anytime they get in the ring, I, I just think they're just they're just bad. You know, they're just bad and <laughs> they don't they don't they do not look good at all when they wrestle. Yeah. Um they, it's that like they take time and you know they're kinda it's, it's, it looks weird because you know they're kind of taking yeah. their time, kind of hesitant of what they're doing. So yeah. But I feel like they weren't like that in NXT. I, no, for whatever no. reason, I had my my memory of them in NXT was that they were a lot sharper in the ring than they, than they are now. And now they yeah. just seem nervous and, like you said, they're going in slow motion. They're taking their time, and I just don't buy any of their moves. Um, yeah, I just I just don't get it. I mean, Peyton Royce I always thought was a little bit better than than Billy Kay in the ring, but both of them right now seem to just not not have it at all. Um, and they're they're relying a lot of, on their uh, mic work and just you know getting under people's skin to try to get them over, and it, that hasn't worked. Connecting though, yeah, that's that's no that's not no at all. Not like in NXT, like. It, it's I, I don't know, man. Like I, I know NXT and, and the main card is it's a different ball game, but man, it it seems like I don't know if the iconics were just not able to, to handle that, the extra workload. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They, they just they, they need to work on it. I feel like they're now in the elimination uh chamber matchup that, that they were in, they that was probably the best of them. I do want to give them a little bit of credit there. Yeah, that when they were in that matchup, I did enjoy them more. I thought that they were sharper, that they were more into it. Um, and they came off looking better in that one matchup. But we really haven't seen them since that matchup. Um, so I, I think that's been bad booking on, on the WWE and the, on the WWE side is to not capitalize on the fact that they, they look decent in that match. But yeah. – Beyond that, man, I have just, I, yeah, I have, I've not been a fan. It's just, I think I would still rather see them, though, than Tamina and Nia at this point because they just, they, they I'm, I'm over them <laughs> as a team. You know, I, I, I don't care. So I just want something because fresh. You don't I buy them as a, as a tag team. I don't. I don't. And they, like Naya is good at, at being a heel right now. She's good at getting under people's skin. But I just don't care about them or what they say or anything. I don't. I don't know. It just doesn't do anything for me. Like I, I want the. I want Bailey and Sasha to go up against another team that you say, 
wow, okay, like they're really popular too. And they're, you know, both highly skilled, you know, maybe similar in like skill set and, and pace that they can wrestle at, um, you know, but they, that I guess doesn't exist right now in the, in the women's tag team division. It's just them. Like they're at the top when it comes to the, the chemistry that they have with each other, the that level of skill that they have both. Um, so I don't know. It's going to take some time, I think, before they, they can go up against a team that, I think would really get the crowd excited about uh, the women's tag team division on a, on a whole. But well, they just you know, it's just really, start now. Well, they need to really start building this tag, this women's tag team division too. So you could just have like yeah. multiple stories, just not a story focused around the tag team championship. You could have another, maybe uh, another mid card uh, story right. involving the you know the women's tag team division. You know to keep women relevant too. Yeah, yeah, because like the Riot Squad, for instance, I think is one that that would be interesting yep. if if they used them better and built them up, because I would be excited. And they had an interesting story with Sasha and Bailey prior to all this, where, you know, they were they were uh, targeting, you know, Sasha and, and Bailey and uh, some of the other top women on the on the on Raw for a while. So that has that story has kind of died out and it really doesn't happen anymore. Uh, the right squad in general have just actually have been kind of being booked like like they're falling off a little bit. Um, so it would be nice to get them back on track, build them up, and like yeah. you said, build them up with a storyline outside of the champ of the women's championship uh, title. Have them in a met, in a mid card storyline with someone else, and yeah. then put them over. And then as their rise continues to happen, then people will start anticipating. Oh, I, I can't wait till. The exactly, man. Connection go against the right squad. Like that'll be more fun. This is how yeah. you build a division. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. I'm with you there for sure. Um, cool. All right, we'll move on from that one. But uh, yeah, it was it was solid match overall. We'll see what what's gonna happen. Uh, you know, Beth Phoenix question mark. We don't know what's going on with her. Um, so you know, more to come with that. Hopefully. Um, all right. So then. Now we're at the WWE Championship matchup. Uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, it was in a triple threat, just like Vince McMahon promised. Uh, he said there was going to be a triple threat. There was a triple threat there for was. the WWE Championship, <laughs> just not with Kofi Kingston. He was yeah. not a part of it, of those plans. Yeah. Uh, so Kevin Owens came out, you know, and, and they both anticipated who it was going to be that was going to be added to their match to make the triple threat. Turned out to be Mustafa Ali. So let's start there. What did you think of Mustafa Ali being added to the match? Uh, you know what? I thought this was smart <laughs> because, <laughs> because because knowing what Mustafa, because I saw, I literally visually saw Mustafa embracing knowing what he was walking into, and and I if it was one superstar who could possibly somehow turn this around, it would be Mustafa Ali because in the end, some of the crowd start cheering for Ali too, man. Like, you know, at, at first he was starting, you know, they were just all about Kofi, Kofi, Kofi. And I get it. He understood that. You know what I'm saying? He was shaking his head in the beginning of the match, you know, and he was like, I get it. He was like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. It was okay. But as you've seen him, he, he's fighting. He, he took some pretty hard, stiff bumps, especially that drop kick from Daniel Bryan off the top ring into the barricade. That was yeah. rough. Uh, man, but... You, you saw him fighting through that, man. So I, I applaud WWE going that route and and uh, 
going with Mustafa Ali. Because even with the anticipation, too, man, because maybe you thought, like, oh, maybe Kofi could still have a chance. He might still be beat up, but you can still get in there. But no, uh, that didn't happen. You got Mustafa Ali, and but I think he knocked out the park with this one, too, man. So, you know, everything you're saying, it all makes sense to me, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you with what you're saying. I, for me, though, I actually felt it was very anticlimactic the way that it ended up being Mustafa Ali. Um, You know, when they both, you see Daniel Bryan, you see Kevin Owens looking at the announcer saying, who's he going to be? Who's he going to be? And I feel like in that moment, when you you build it up like that, it should be somebody who, when the crowd sees them, it's, it's more of a shock that it's this person. So maybe it's somebody that we haven't seen. Now, granted, Mustafa Ali, we hadn't seen him in a little bit. Although he was on, wasn't he on SmackDown the, the week before? Like, I think yeah, he actually yeah. did show up on TV already. Um, I was expecting someone like Bray Wyatt, to be honest with you. I think that's exactly who I thought it was going to be. That they would have someone, that would have Bray Wyatt show up after not being on television for a while. And it would ca- catch the audience completely off guard. That wow, he's he's back. Holy, you know what? And so, but you would have killed Kofi Mania with that, though. Do, I do you would have could. I think you would have. I think you would have co- killed Kofi Mania with that. They could have not killed it, but took some of that momentum from it. Uh, I but take that back. So that's kind of, yeah, But they did this already with Kevin Owens because they yeah. they took Kevin Owens, they took Kofi out of the match, and they replaced him with Kevin Owens, who had been gone yeah, for a Bray, long time. But Bray Wyatt's, Bray Wyatt's different type of breed, man. He's a different type of cat, bro. Like, So you think it's bigger for Bray Wyatt to come back than for Kevin Owens to come back? Yes. Yes, because wow. the whole the whole entrance, the 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 whole setup, man, everything, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Everything goes dark. The, all the lights you hear is music. You know what I'm saying? And you, you see him coming down like, come on. <laughs> that, that. I just, I just think, I just think that if you want it, because I, for me, when it's the WWE Championship matchup, I don't want it to feel like a throwaway match. I want it that every time we have a championship, a WWE Championship match, it you you feel the stakes. You feel like okay, you know this this matchup right here, especially on a pay per view. You know maybe on a Raw or SmackDown that's fine. But at a pay-per-view, that, that's supposed to be like, all right, this is this is going to be a heck of a, a, a performance or a heck of a show we're about to see. And so for me, you you want to do whatever it takes. If you're going to add someone else to the matchup, then it's got to be real special for, for it to be a third guy added to a WWE Championship match on a pay-per-view on the road to WrestleMania. And for it to, to be Mustafa Ali, I just felt like it, it's – it doesn't actually even help Mustafa Ali. It actually well, was, it was like risky. I, no, I think Mustafa Ali, the match itself for Mustafa Ali was awesome. I thought he did a great job in the matchup. And for what the situation was, he did the best he could. I just don't think that it helps enhance his, where he's at with the in the fans' eyes, um, where he's going. You know, I don't think it really did much for him because who's going to remember this matchup from Mustafa Lee in like in a, in a year from now, you know, it's, it's just, this, this kind of just became like, cause we all pretty much figured with Kofi Kingston not being there, Daniel Bryan's going to be tamed. Right. So this match already kind of had that feeling of, well, we're just trying to get through this so we can get to WrestleMania and see Kofi Kingston. So to kind of make this matchup 
feel more special for the people watching Fastlane. I thought it would have been a better idea to just have somebody bigger to say, oh, man, just to get that excitement and make this match fun on its own. And then we can get back to Kofi Mania on SmackDown. Because with this, the way it was, like, I kind of tuned the match out to a point. Like, I just didn't really care too much about the matchup as it was going on because it was Mustafa and because it's like, I just, I know what's coming. Daniel Bryan is going to get out of this as 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 the winner. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Kevin Owens? Who knows what's going to happen with Mustafa Ali? But their, their WrestleMania futures, I don't think, get enhanced by this their careers overall it's like it just kind of it's one of those championship matchups that just kind of happened and then it's like all right well we probably won't remember that this happened later on because it's all about kofi anyway but if you do something where it's it's it makes it more special because you had kevin owens come back and then you had bray wyatt come back and the two of them then lose to daniel bryan you push daniel bryan up and makes the match just feel more special on its but own. Then you and just kill you just killed Bray Wyatt just like that, his momentum. Just like that. Well, you just not necessarily his, because... you just wasted his his big comeback on that on that moment on a fast lane paper pay-per-view. Is that what you want to do? No, I don't think you kill Bray Wyatt because there's ways to book this too where you can still have Bray Wyatt look because what if the the match just doesn't end, let's say, you know, or what if it's Kevin Owens that takes the pin? If you're really worried about what happens with Bray Wyatt, because Kevin Owens already beat um, Daniel Bryan, so you can have Daniel Bryan beat Kevin Owens and Bray Wyatt doesn't is not involved in the ending and you still have Bray Wyatt's momentum there. You know, but now you, you just break yourself into a corner now because now, now, now like some, somebody has to take the pin, but yet you just had Kevin Owens come back. You just had Bray Wyatt come back. This is what I'm talking about. This is why Mustafa Ali is needed right here. This is the perfect match. I understood this match. This match had me I – was, I was all into this match, man, because even Daniel Bryan got to rub, rub off this match, man, because I'm just looking how vicious he is because he took one of the most – beloved characters and turn it into the one of the most hated characters now, man. That's just pure brilliance on this man. You know what I'm saying? Just it, even within the wrestling match, he was doing joint manipulation, man, on uh, on Kevin Owens, just taking his time, making it I, I, making it look kind of squeamish too, looking sadistic. That's the Daniel Bryan. He was he was showing that new version of that Daniel Bryan, man. So I think, yeah, but I but you know what though, as as great as that is, I think a lot of people weren't even paying attention to that like you were because one, we all are are pissed off that Kofi's not in the match, right? That's one, and two because. <laughs> Because we've got, I mean, it's it's Mustafa Ali, Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan, this matchup. It, it's, there's no, I, I don't feel invested in this match as it's happening. All I'm trying to do, if I could fast forward the, that matchup and to get to the next thing going on in the card, I would because I already know what's coming. You know, I just didn't feel like I needed to even see what was going to go on to be able to tell somebody the next day, hey, Daniel Bryan was still champion and we're going to be building towards Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. And who knows what Kevin Owens and, and Mustafa Ali are going to be doing, but I just don't think that the matchup as it as it was, the way that they they put it together, I just didn't care about this matchup as they, as they booked it. Um, and the only thing that they could have done to make me want to see this matchup is to have a third person added to it that it felt made it feel more special. 
and for it to be Mustafa Ali. I mean, to your, but and to your point too with Bray Wyatt, you're saying like, let's say they put Bray Wyatt in there and they lose and they just kill momentum. Technically, didn't they just do that with Mustafa Ali and even with Kevin Owens, really? Because hold on, Kevin hold on, Owens just came back. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If you're gonna talk about with Mustafa Ali, like he he he's barely got started yet. And then right, Kevin Owens you're saying in a return, in a return back, right? Because he's been out for, with injury, right? And we talked about this before. When you have a guy that's out with an injury and they come back, that's yeah. an opportunity for that person to have some momentum. Right. So with Mustafa Ali coming back in this situation and taking a pin immediately, there is where where is the momentum for Mustafa Ali? Well, now? he didn't have any because he wasn't even established yet, though. But like let's he, say Mustafa he, Ali. Like but let's say Mustafa Ali comes back. Like Kevin Owens was established before he got hurt. Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt was established before he got hurt. You know, Mustafa Ali barely got started. Then he got hurt, and then he came back. You know, it was like a, a quiet. You know, when when they announced his name for the triple threat, it was just you know just kind of quiet because everybody was down about Kofi. I, I get right. That. So, but but I I don't because again, if you let's say let's say it's not this way. Let's say you just have Mustafa Ali come back. I mean, technically Mustafa Ali already showed up on on SmackDown, right? But if you want to build Mustafa Ali as you know the next whatever Daniel Bryan or the next like like high flying guy who is going to be a future champion or whatever, and you're trying to build him up. And he's been away for a long time for a, a stretch with this injury. I mean, wouldn't it be better for him to come back and and not be thrust in a situation where maybe the fans are going to turn on him now? And then you may because they're not going to turn him heel, right? They, wait, I don't see any. No, 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 they're not going to turn him heel. But no. but like you you put him in a in a spot where he's replacing. Kofi Kingston, that is a dangerous spot to be in for a guy who's trying to establish himself, period. Yes, he handled it well, but that's a risky spot for him. He handled it very well, and you saw even some of the fans were starting to cheer for him towards the end. It it wasn't a unanimous, like, you know, like, you know, Ali, Ali, but he swerved some of them, and I thought that was very impressive to me. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I just feel real differently about it because I well, the way I feel it, I think it did more damage than good for Mustafa Ali, and it was an unnecessary risk that they took putting him in there. As a matter of fact, they probably should have just kept it to a one-on-one match between Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan because I was actually starting to get interested in it after their promos on SmackDown against each other, and then to throw Ali in there, it kind of sidetracked their one-on-one few that they, but, but they this started was, to build. Ali was needed, though, so he can take the pin because – Kevin Owens can't take a pin right away. You just came back. No, nah, he can. Yeah, nah, I think there's, there's different ways to to do this, man. Like this this whole situation, I think the way that they're they're booking it, I just feel like I I, I just I just I'm not with it. I'm not with it. And when <laughs> when Kevin Owens got brought into it, my initial reaction was, why are we doing this? And then I started to buy into it because of the way that Kevin Owens, the chemistry that Kevin Owens had with Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And now they threw in this thing with Mustafa Ali, and I'm like, WWE, like, just why? Like, it's just, it just feels goofy to me. And again, just being honest about it, like, I just tuned it out. I just tuned it out. The match happened, 
and it's fine. And now we're building towards Kofi Kingston one-on-one with Daniel Bryan. Cool. Like, when I'm thinking about that WrestleMania match, I am not going to even have this match up in my mind. It's just, it, it's just a throwaway to me. And for Mustafa Ali, who knows where he goes from here. With Kevin Owens, he's going to be fine. He's a made guy. That's totally fine. But I just think that this matchup didn't help anything. It's one, when they put the package together for this whole thing, I think it's this for me. I, I, so, saw it as it, I saw it as it did help Mustafa Ali. So it showed, it, it showed his true character. What was that? Well, what does he do now? Where, where does Mustafa Ali go from here? That's a good question, man. Maybe he could get thrown into the United States Championship. Uh, There's no way. You're going to put him in, in – so now it's going to be like everybody that – because they have four guys who have that chemistry with each other. So if you threw Mustafa Ali in there, it's just like – why? Like I don't know. I don't, I don't know that that's – I don't think there's any clear direction for him. And I think that just putting him in this matchup was kind of just it – just, it just wasn't the way to do it. It just wasn't like because we should have <laughs> so, came out because again, so, if, on, if you're gonna on, do I'm this, I'm trying to understand. So I need to understand your point. Like I don't have to agree to it, but I need to understand. Yeah, it. yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to understand why are you picking Bray Wyatt? Like you want somebody who is super over. All right, to come in one month, literally one month before WrestleMania, to come in on this on his fast lane pay-per-view to face Daniel Bryan and for him to lose? What I'm saying is this. I tuned out this matchup well before Mustafa Lee got announced. I had already tuned it out, right? I was starting to get a little bit more interested in it when Kevin Owens and, and Daniel Bryan had their back and forth. But I, for the most part, was still not excited about it because I'm, I'm anticipating Kofi and Daniel Bryan. So it just feels like foregone what's going to happen, okay? Then they say it's going to be a triple threat, and then Mustafa Ali gets added to it. And when they say someone else was going to get added to it, I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe you use this as a way to reintroduce Bray Wyatt into the fold because where the hell has Bray Wyatt been? Like, you have Matt Hardy. Bray Wyatt was gone because Matt Hardy got hurt, and they just just took Bray Wyatt out too. And so now it's it seems like because Bray Wyatt is, is healthy and, you know, he's been – We've been hearing little things about him still wrestling and maybe change his character, but we still haven't seen him. So anytime there's an opportunity to bring in Bray Wyatt, it's going to draw my attention. Just the same way at the Royal Rumble when it was Elias who was the first person out there in the Royal Rumble. And you see the lights. It looks like the fireflies. I'm like, ooh, that's a perfect spot for Bray Wyatt to come in. Yeah. And they didn't use that. They instead had Jeff Jarrett show up. Why? You know, it could have been Bray Wyatt. And if Bray Wyatt gets tossed out, who cares? The WWE really doesn't seem to take that much of Bray Wyatt anyway. So I don't understand, too, why they're taking so much time to even bring him out or figure out the perfect way. I don't I don't really buy all that, but whatever. So that's a, that was an opportunity at the Royal Rumble. Now here's another one. Oh, we're doing a triple threat. We're going to add a third person to it. And in my mind, that's one of the people that I'm anticipating when they're going to come back. And... It would be special when he when he shows up to see that. Yeah. And for a matchup that I don't care about, that would be a hell of a way to make me care instantly. Now, in terms of who takes the win and who takes the pin and all that, like there have been I feel like there is a way to make it work to where. It, and again, I don't even think it's even that precious to, to, to say, hey, 
Kevin Owens can't take the pin in this situation. Kevin Owens beat Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan's champion. If you take the pin from the champion, the person who you've already beaten earlier, then that's fine. So Bray Wyatt's in this triple threat situation, and Kevin Owens gets pin, is the person that takes a pin from Daniel Bryan, then to me it's like, well, Daniel Bryan is champion, and that ends his thing with Kevin Owens so that now we can focus more on Kofi Kingston. Because with Kevin Owens not taking the pin – you could say, okay, Kevin Owens still has a claim. He was never beat, you know, so maybe Kevin Owens should be added to the WrestleMania matchup. If, if it, So I'm not taking the time to really think about all of the variables in terms of how to make it work. You know what I'm saying? I'm more looking at it like if you wanted to make it special, this matchup, the one that people are kind of looking at, like we were all anticipating Kofi Chance for the whole thing, maybe getting booed, maybe people chanting boring and all that kind of stuff. So here's so my follow-up if, question. So you, do you think, so so based off what you, how you're breaking this down, if I'm following this correct, correctly, this is my follow-up question behind it. All right. So do you think, Bray Wyatt, so if he was to take a pen, you think he can take it? Like, and, and just be cool and be fine. Like, he won't lose any momentum because how the WWE book him, has booked him in the past. Well, if, you, if you're, if all right, follow follow what I'm saying. First, first thing is in terms of the actual booking of the match, right? Like, if, I'm, if you want me to sit down and actually book how this whole storyline could work, then I'll take some time to actually try to, you know, make that work and all that. But on the fly here, what I'm saying to you is this. Kevin Owens would be probably the person that would have to take the pin because Daniel Bryan took the pin from Kevin Owens already and Kevin Owens has been back for a little bit. So if, if we want to be precious with Bray Wyatt's return and momentum, that's one way to avoid even dealing with the Bray Wyatt situation and, and you know how his momentum will be affected by being in this match. Just have Kevin Owens take the pin then. Because Kevin Owens already got already beat Daniel Bryan, so this is like you know the the just Daniel Bryan getting back at him for the pin that he took, and that's cool. And then Bray Wyatt comes out of it with he wasn't pinned, he didn't he didn't win, but he didn't lose either. So if you're asking me how you know I would I would do it just on the fly like that, then it would be that I would have Kevin Owens take the pin because he's already beaten Daniel Bryan. Okay. So, right, the, right. so the question of him being cool with it, it's like it's not even a factor because in this situation, I'm saying, well, then just have Kevin Owens take the pin because yeah. does it hurt yeah. Kevin Owens? Does it hurt Kevin Owens? Not really because Kevin Owens beat Daniel Bryan already. So he's already been put over by Daniel. Now this is him returning the favor a little bit by taking the pin from Daniel, who's a champion. All right. So, but in, in the long run, you don't think that will affect Kofi Mania, though? I think that's what yeah. I was getting at, at in the long run. Like, all right, so you don't think, all right, now, you don't think people's going to expect, like, oh, it's going to be a triple threat now between, uh, since since uh, uh, Kevin Owens lost now, so it could be Daniel Bryan, Bray Wyatt, and Kofi Kingston. No. No, because, because that's the strength. That's the way that the fans are behind Kofi it really does not matter who they try to bring into this whole storyline with them. They want Kofi. The fans want Kofi. So if 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 it if it comes down to bringing in someone new, it really doesn't matter who it is. I don't think the fans are going to want anybody more than Kofi Kingston in that matchup. So I don't think it hurts Kofi Mania at all. I really don't. I really don't. I don't, I don't think it would matter who's who gets 
thrown into the whole situation. You know, Bray Wyatt is. I is, think Bray Wyatt would have more of an impact than, than you realize. Like, I think that's what it comes down to. It like he would have a, a more of an impact than you realize, especially if you haven't seen him, and all of a sudden he he makes a surprise entrance. He enters into the to the triple threat. But he, he loses because Kevin Owens took the took the loss. And then you don't think people was gonna like, man, expect for him to be in the in talks to in- No, because I think it's happening right now. Because Kevin Owens is Bray Wyatt in this story that we're talking about. Because Kevin Owens just came back. And it, you know, you you have the opinion of Bray Wyatt being bigger than Kevin Owens, but I I, I think do. that there are many people that would why. that would argue that, and that's fine. But really Kevin Owens did not take the pin in this match. It was it was uh, Mustafa Ali. So with Kevin Owens not being pinned, you can make the argument that well, first of all, when Kevin Owens Kevin Owens coming back, you know he kind of makes it messy. And now is it going to be a triple threat with Kevin Owens and Kofi and Daniel Bryan? Like that question comes up, right? But post match right now or post uh, fast lane, we're looking at them booking Kofi still as being like, look, if you want your opportunity, this is what you have to do. They're still trying to build up Kofi mania. And I think it's, if you swap out those, those guys for who we're talking about, if you basically Bray Wyatt in this situation would be where Kevin Owens is right now. And Bray Wyatt being this third party in it, whether he takes the pin or not, I don't think it's, it's going to be like, okay, the fans are going to say, well, with Bray Wyatt, that's, that's he where has you lost. to be that's champion now. Like, I don't... That's, that's where you lost me, how you can just easily swap out, you know, Bray Wyatt and Kevin Owens. Like, I, I can't do why that. Why do you think, but why <laughs> do you think do Bray Wyatt is bigger? But but here's the thing. Like, the logic here is is you're losing me a little bit because Kevin <laughs> Owens, I think, is more of a made man than Bray Wyatt is in the WWE. I mean, that's, Kevin Owens destroyed Vince McMahon. Bray Wyatt can't sneeze on Vince McMahon right now because he's off television. He's been gone and he's not even hurt. The only reason why Kevin Owens was gone was because he legitimately got injured. Bray Wyatt can't even get uh, get anything. Yeah, but Bray, Bray Wyatt connects with the crowd better than Kevin Owens, though. That's why. Even just interest alone, he's, he connects with the crowd. He doesn't even have to say anything with his promo. That's why. That's why I think the impact will be uh, I, I, that's why I think the impact will be greater than you actually think, man. Like he will actually slow down Kofmanian momentum. That's why. Like, uh, I just don't. I don't. I don't. I just don't see it that way. I think we just, just have to agree to disagree right here because we could go all yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, because this it's just so clear to me, and I just I don't know. I'm just like you know I I. I hear what you're saying, but I just, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, I respect Bray Wyatt, and I'm I'm the one telling you that I want to see Bray Wyatt there. Yet, I am not but afraid. But, yeah, you of... see Bray Wyatt, like, somewhat on the same level as Kevin Owens. Like, you could easily swap, and I cannot see that. That's that's where the difference is. Like, you can easily swap. I'm like, no, I think Bray Wyatt would have a bigger impact than, he, than, he, uh, than Kevin Owens. But why do you think that Bray Wyatt isn't on television right now, if that's the case, if he's just this guy who connects with the audience so well and, you know, he would be like, if he shows up immediately, the fans would just be all over him. Like, like, why do you think he's, he's not, he's not on television right now? Well, I was the, the last show he was on was raw, right? So he's mm-hmm. back on raw. Honestly, I don't think they have anything for him. 
especially the way Raw is set up right now. Like, I wouldn't want him. I'd rather have him wait to WrestleMania. That's basically like the reset button. Then you can enter in, uh, wait, you know, Bray Wyatt. And that'd be the perfect, you know, the, the night after WrestleMania. Make a surprise uh, show up or appearance, you know what I'm saying? And that'd be the perfect way, you know, it pretty much hit the reset button. All right, where are you going to go? Who are you going to start setting up with? A few, anything, man. But you don't think like the Royal Rumble would have been a good spot for him to come back, you know, and be it, one it of those could, entrants? You know to... It could have, but I don't, but what would he have done on the Raw side, though? Maybe something with Elias, maybe? I don't know. But I just, I, it's just, I don't know. It's just interesting to me that, like, a guy who, I think there's a lot of different, this could be its own topic in and of itself, you know, just the Bray Wyatt situation and, and all of that. But I just feel like on, on one hand, you know, I'm with you when it comes to that Bray Wyatt is deserving of of just being on television right now and, right and then we'll move on no no i can't do that <laughs> i can't i i just we we disagree on it we've got two different opinions on it i think this is something we definitely need to bring up um you know maybe even next week just a follow-up to see um because i want to i want to look at this a little bit more in depth and maybe bring up a